every sinner to tremble and to seek refuge under the cross of Jesus Christ. But why is God angry? Good morning, good morning, my friends. Uh, I thank God for this um, occasion. As I always do when the Lord gives us this wonderful opportunity uh, to be together as we meditate on the Word of God. Now, this, uh, this time, we have chosen to do a meditation or our study on the book of, on the book of uh, Romans, uh, which is um, a wonderful book, really. It's, uh, it's difficult in some parts, but uh, not so difficult that we cannot learn its message as it was intended uh, 2,000 years ago by Apostle Paul when he wrote it and, um, and, um, and for us in this generation. We live in a world that is growing extremely evil and extremely difficult. Um, one almost feels insecure in the world today. And indeed, there are people who live in, in fear. Some decades ago, people were living daily in the fear of uh, an atomic war breaking out. Where it, hasn't, it didn't happen, and it hasn't happened, and it's our prayer that it won't happen. And yet, the world continues to be evil in more ways than we shall ever know. Today, Apostle Paul is dealing with this topic, uh, and, and it's surprising, isn't it, that the things Paul is concerned about, was concerned about 2,000 years ago, are uh, some of the things we are still concerned about. And so we are talking about the wrath of God. Uh, and our reading is Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 32. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we know you to be God of love, God of mercy and grace, our Father who truly loves us. And yet, Lord, you are a God who is holy and righteous, and you have no association whatsoever with sin. And Lord, I want to, uh, I want to invite your presence as we meditate on the book of the Romans, continue to, to meditate on this book. Um, and today is particularly relevant to our concerns in the world today. So I pray that your Holy Spirit may teach us to live in the world to, and to live victoriously. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. So our reading is Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities 
his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they never glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women ex exchanged natural relations for natural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they do not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. That is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Now, I know once again uh, that it, is, it, it that sounds, sounds, may sound uh, quite complicated, but with God's help, we shall try to break it down as much as possible for our own consumption and for our own utilization and application. So today I start with bad news. Last Sunday, Paul was sharing the good news of the gospel that he's so proud of, that he's not ashamed to own and to preach and to teach others. And today we continue um, with, 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 um, in the same spirit, because this is still the gospel. But now we are, we are, we are looking, we are, we are casting our focus 
on the world where this gospel is to be taught and applied and practiced. We are particularly looking, first of all, the world of uh, Paul's time and also applying it now to our own time. So we looked at the chapter, chapter 1, verse 1 to 17, verses 1 to 17 last Sunday, and today we are continuing from 18 up to the end, that is up to verse 32. Now, last time we asked, I mean, just, just to, to underline this, we are talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, which alone is able to save the people of the world, both the Greeks, learned and sophisticated as they are, and the Greeks and the, and the Gentiles uh, who, uh, who have no, who are regarded to be lawless. This is not to say that they were backward or even primitive. They, some of them were absolutely learned and prosperous, the ruling class. But from the eyes of the gospel and from the eyes of the, Jew, of, of the Jews who had the gospel, these were backward people pagans without hope in the world. And so I'm saying today the gospel, the, the gospel is, 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 um, is good news to the world, but the gospel also does contain bad news for those who do not believe it or live according to its teachings. Now the bad news is that the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven on all humankind. What a terrible thing to hear. Just note again, verse 18 says, the wrath of God is being revealed. That means the wrath of God is continuously being revealed every day and every moment against the people of this world and it is because of their godlessness and wickedness. So Paul is saying, is not only saying the wrath of God is being revealed, but he's saying, he's giving us the reason why. It is because of the godlessness and the wickedness of the people at that time and today. Now, if this, this, is, not, if this is not bad news, and a reason to be concerned, then I don't know what bad news is. Bible readers would well remember what happened to the world during Noah's day. The whole world was submerged in the, in the flooding waters. And all created things, all living things perished except one family who alone had obeyed God, Noah's family. And much later on, the two cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were burned with the fire down to ashes because of the same wickedness, same, similar kind of wickedness. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, that one, there is nothing as fearsome as falling into the hands of the living God. So to hear that God is angry should cause every sinner to tremble and to seek refuge 
under the cross of Jesus Christ. But why is God angry? First of all, let us, not, let us understand that God's wrath is not like our wrath. It's not like our anger. It is not an emotional outburst of anger or bad temper. God does not lose his temper. His wrath is not uncontrolled rage, but a calm pronouncement of judgment on sinful humankind. It is God's calm and changing purpose to punish all sin. Why God is angry is our question. God is angry because of the sinful ways men and women were behaving themselves in Paul's day, in the Paul's world. God is love, we know that, but he is also righteous and holy, and he will not tolerate sin or leave any sin unpunished. God cannot simply look at evil and ignore it as we often do. And the sin of the world is that they abandoned worship of, 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 of the true God and chose instead to worship idols, created things and or artificially made produced idols. Idol worship is a terrible insult on God. When one worships an animal, for instance, he is comparing God to that animal. In the book of Exodus, for instance, we, we, we read how Aaron made an idol, a calf idol, I um, mean, a golden calf, that is, and led the people in worshiping it. And Moses came and found they were dancing around the calf and saying, this is our God. And Moses was not amused. And he thoroughly punished those who had participated uh, uh, in this orgy of worship idols. Now, in our scripture, Paul charges the people of the world with two main offenses. Number one, godlessness, and two, wickedness, which is the sin of knowing the truth about God and yet failing to honor him. Godlessness is just what it says. It is not that they don't know God. They know God is there, but they ignore him. So what? They, they ask themselves. At do, what will he do? Nothing. And so they, they, they practice godlessness and wickedness because um, whether God exists or not, they really don't care. And so the point is this, at this stage, this sin that Paul is talking about is a universal sin. This is universal sinfulness that is described here. The whole world is united as one in a conspiracy to subvert God's moral law. Furthermore, they know that what they are doing is wrong and offensive to God, but they just don't care. Here we are told they actually keep on encouraging each other to continue sinning. 
and they continue creating new ways of sinning and committing all manner of evils and, and uh, depravities. My friends, in our time we have the internet, another modern media, and these are very useful, of course, and, and some of them are, you know, we can't do without them, and yet some of it is the medium through which evils are transmitted to the world. And so godlessness is so easy these days to, 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 to spread because of internet and other media. Let me add that godlessness is not the same as atheism. It is not, it's not the absence of the knowledge of God, for instance. It is not to believe that God does not exist. It is a lack of reverence and respect for God. It is a failure to treat God with the respect that he deserves, believing that it does not matter if he exists or not. Nothing will happen to me, they tell each other. A good example is the way Pharaoh in Egypt reacted to Moses when Moses told Pharaoh, God has sent me to come and demand freedom for the Jews. And God says, set my people free, let my people go. And Paul and, 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 uh, and the Pharaoh, full of contempt, um, you know, re, I mean, uh, responded, but who is God that I should obey him? I don't know this God, and I'm not going to let the Israelites go. Uh, well, and we know the story thereafter. The truth is that when man fails to love and respect God, he also fails to love and respect his neighbor as he should. Just take a moment and think about the evil people do against each other. Think, for instance, about the terrible and wicked, sin and wicked sins of human sacrifice that are still happening in this so-called civilized modern world. Child abuse. This, oh, 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 of the slave trade and slavery in all its forms that still exists today, by the way, in some parts of the world. What about the evil of colonialism? Racial discrimination against black people in their own countries. Think about the, million, the millions of people still being held as slaves in some parts of the world. Think about the many women, uh, including ch children, who are transported to some foreign countries to be uh, um, sex slaves in those countries. Think of all the human rights abuse that have been taking place over the centuries and are still taking place. Think about the current, the ongoing genocide and persecution and the killings of the Rohingya people by Burmese military. And think about the plight of refugees, many of whom are located in camps in some parts of this country. 
My dear friends, we like to flatter ourselves by flaunting our socioeconomic politi and political progress, our modernism, our democracy, and our progress and advancement in technology and scientific discoveries. But when we look at the world with keen eyes, when we look at how we live, when we listen to news from all parts of the world, what we hear is not the sound of celebration, but the mournful cries of poor, of the poor, the downtrodden, the marginalized, and the persecuted. Yes, we hear the pitiful cries of children who are desperately poor, destitute, sick, and dying. But do we even care? Even as God's people, do we even take notice of such misery in our midst? Well, let's admit it, yes. We do sometimes take notice, but how do we respond when we hear about children who slept hungry, who have not had food for several days, or fires that have broken out and destroyed the temporary homes of people who live in the slums? We tell each other, we make an announcement in the church and we say, oh yes, we shall pray for them. Supposing, I suppose, supposing that God will rain manna from heaven, uh, and so we do nothing about it. Our government doesn't do anything about it. Our elected legislators do nothing about it. So let us look at now the, the other scene that Paul is mentioning about men and women relationships. Paul goes ahead to expose and condemn the sins that we call homosexuality and lesbianism. These two names actually do not um, uh, describe in, in a way that we can understand what they mean. But the Bible is explicit. It says it is men have, it is a sin of men having a sexual relationship with other men and the sin of women having sexual relationships with other women, pure and simple. And Paul does not just talk about it in, 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 in the dark or in whispers. He shouts about it. He exposes it and he condemns it. So it was an existing situation that Paul was, was addressing. Now, friends, this condition is existing in a world, but we don't speak loudly enough for us to be heard condemning it. The Greek worshipped idol gods, and the gods were notoriously immoral. And we are told that people tend to resemble the gods that they worship. And so Christians, you know, are called Christians because they behave like Jesus. Now, when people worship idols, they become like those, uh, uh, those idols. 
So it is not surprising that uh, homosexuality uh, was so prevalent in Paul's time because the Greeks made gods who were like them. They were idol gods that they created in their own image. And so the people just behaved like, <laughs> like their own gods. And if this was not bad enough, the people of Paul's time, we are being told, we are told by the word we read, were continuously inventing new ways of committing evil and um, congratulating each other and supporting each other in, in, in continuing in the sin. Now, this kind of sin and other sins dishonor God. And God, we are told in the word, is absolutely angry. The wrath of God is revealed against the people of the world because of these two sins, godlessness and wickedness. And so this, um, <clears throat> and note, note, note that Paul does not say God will punish them. This is not something which is going to be punished at the great judgment, at the coming of Christ. It is being executed now. This judgment, this punishment is being executed right now. How, God, how, how has God done it? God, first of all, he has not destroyed the world as he did during the flood. He has not released fire from heaven as he did against Sodom and Gomorrah. He has not destroyed, you know, uh, evildoers like he did even among the Israelites in the, during Exodus. God has not done anything proactive. God has done nothing. I mean, amazingly, God has allowed the people to do just what they want. You ask for freedom, you ask for freedom to do what you want, okay, you have it. And so the world over the last 2,000 years, my friend, has been inventing more and more ways of committing evil, and this evil is directed against God, the creator, God, God's holy and righteous law. And we should not just sit there as idol victims. We must become like Paul and speak out against these things wherever we have an opportunity. Actually, we should be looking for opportunities to condemn these things. My friend, when people are given freedom to do what they want, it sounds exciting at the beginning. But the time comes when you become uh, overwhelmed and so burdened by this corrupt way of living, you want out, but you're not able to come out. And so you perish in your sins. You ask for it, you must pay the consequences. Now, my friends, I know there are many people in the world in this living in this kind of situation, and these people are killing all around us. Now, last Sunday, we talked about the gospel of Jesus Christ, who Paul had been called to preach first to the Jews and to the world. This gospel caused people of every race and every generation 
to come to believe and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who alone is able to save and rescue people from the evil bondage of sin, of this kind of, of this sin of godlessness and wickedness. The Bible says that if you hear God's voice today, do not harden your hearts. My dear friends, therefore, the voice of God is being heard loud and clear from heaven. And it says, the wrath of God is being revealed against all evil doers and the terrible consequences of this judgment and punishment are already being felt by us. What must we do? Come out of them and be separate. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. So thus says the Lord, 2 Corinthians 6.17. Thankfully, God is ever so gracious, so merciful and kind, so loving and patient. God has given us his own son, Jesus Christ, to be the means by which all sinners may be saved and reconciled to God. And God, and Jesus is the only way to salvation. Come to Jesus, therefore. Surrender your life to him. Invite him to take control of your life and be your savior and Lord. This is the only way we are able to know and worship the true uh, living God. Then and only then will we be able to abandon the worship of idols and become like them. Instead, we shall become like our Jesus. Ah, and Jesus, what a beautiful name. My friends, here is the challenge then. Our standard is Jesus, who was pure and perfect in no ways. It's not the Greeks, it's not the Romans, it's not anybody else. Our standard, you know, uh, the, the person whose character we must imitate is Jesus Christ alone. So let's pray that he, that will happen to you and to me. I thank you for hearing me. May God bless you. Father, you have laid a burden upon us. There's nothing to fear except the wrath of God. So help us, Father, to take note and do what the word of God says that we should do in response to what has been revealed to us concerning the wrath of God. And I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen.